And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Good morning, everybody. Episode 137 coming at you here Friday, August 23rd at 7.23 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here in gloomy, rainy, yet still hot and humid Knoxville, Tennessee. Crazy, crazy time. Uh, I'm here to call some people out, uh, not by name, because I don't know all your names. But yes, if you're listening to this, chances are very good it is you I'm talking to. I'm going to call you out. I'm going to do a little listener shaming here, uh, hoping that I can I can guilt some of you into action here. So let me paint a picture. Poor little Darren, sitting here at his computer, slaving away, working so hard on this podcast, kind of. Um, and, and just trying to create reasonable, <laughs> I want to say good, but reasonable, hopefully semi-listenable content on a regular basis. And uh, little Darren, he, he puts a poll up online and nobody goes and votes on it. Little Darren is sad. Help, help little Darren feel happier and more more confident in, in his ability to, to do something and have it be successful. So... Here's the thing, when, whenever the, it, is, it is so common to be vague in, well, I was going to say in bodybuilding, but really anything business related, like nobody wants to disclose their numbers or anything like that. Well, here's the thing, if you go and you vote on this poll, you see how many people have voted on it, so there's no point in me trying to sugarcoat it. So far, four people have voted in this poll that I put up on Monday at thedropset.com. You go there. And it's right up at the top of the page. Is the upcoming wellness division an overall positive or negative thing for bodybuilding? Total voters, four. I am one of those four. So three of you, three of you have voted. Come on, man. Really? Really? Three? Yeah. I'm sad. Uh, I'm super sad. And I'm not even going to try and hide it. Oh, Taz is coming over here to comfort me. Here, come here, buddy. It's okay. Yes. Daddy is sad, but he's not sad because of you. He's sad because people listen to his podcast, and then they don't go and vote in the poll on his website. He is totally like, I don't care to shut up and pet me. I don't care about your fucking podcast, dude. Um, <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Your, your work here is done. Thank you. Did you vote? Did you vote in the poll? He did not vote on the poll. Hmm. All right. No more pets for you. Um, so anyway, that, that's the first order of business. Go vote in the poll. Tell me your thoughts on the wellness division. Is it an overall positive or negative thing for bodybuilding? Uh, I, I mentioned on Monday when I put it up, I would initially thought to word that as an overall positive or negative thing for the IFBB and the NPC. But clearly it's positive because they will make money from it. Um, but is it good for the sport? So far, four votes. Huge. Statistically significant sample size here, uh, even split, two and two. So uh, let your voice be heard. And um, as I said before, if you have more specific comments on that that you want to flesh out, um, then call in and leave a message and let me know, 865-518-2974. We got a few messages to get to here. So uh, this episode, I, I am guessing, uh, now I, I don't have this one all mapped out, I'm guessing it might be a little shorter just because I don't have a whole lot to go over here, um, but I, I really desperately want to keep into the habit of doing this twice a week and hopefully in doing so, uh, you know, 
as, as this grows, as the listener base increases, we'll get more and more calls in. Uh, and uh, also, I know we're, we're coming up on uh, the Olympia is, is around the corner. So, you know, we'll have some to talk about there. I'm not going to go super in-depth on it, but we'll have some things to talk about for sure. Um, we've got a couple messages here. Um, I've got some TV-related stuff to talk about that I have to get off my chest. Um, I did some hate-watching this last week um, on a show that started off pretty good and got to the point where it just annoyed the shit out of me for a lot of really, really dumb reasons. So um, I will get into that. There may be some mild spoilers as well, um, but I'm not really too worried about it because, you know, uh, it's like trying to spoil Battlefield Earth. I mean, really, all you're doing is you're saving somebody from watching that. So... (laughs) It's like, spoiler alert, you're welcome. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, I I don't have a a whole lot to cover here. I wanted to do a quick little personal update. So let let me give you a... uh, uh, There was something that happened this morning, actually. And now that I think about it, I'm like, you know what? That really sums up who I am more than anything else. This whole thing, top to bottom. So we have this one side of our house that for some reason there's a lot of like large trees that shed a lot of stuff over there um and just because of the moisture it gets the sun that it gets etc it it grows some some mold or algae or something on that side of the house it's over the uh the driveway um where the where the garage doors are so um i had found this this company and it's like east tennessee soft wash or something like that so instead of pressure washing which uh can be a bad thing for vinyl siding which is what we have over on that side um they they do just a uh, like a, a soapy chemical wash on it to clean it off so a, a lower pressure solution so um, I'd ca- I, I contacted them. I got a quote. It seemed a little bit high, but I'm like, whatever. It's what I see every time when I pull into the garage and just that dirty wall grosses me out. I would totally do it myself, except it is really, really high. <laughs> it, gets, it gets way up there, and uh, the, the stuff that's growing on that wall goes all the way up to the top. Plus, the, the soffits in the gutter have some gunk on it, too, and there's just no way I can get anything up that high. It's, it's a good 30 feet off the ground, I would say, 35 maybe, something like that. So um, I'm pretty good with heights, but I'm not that good um, without, like, scaffolding or something like that. Like, no, no, I don't feel super good about that. So, uh, so I, I contacted these people, scheduled an appointment, and then was having anxiety yesterday because they were scheduled to show up between three and five. And so I'm uh, like trying to coordinate things a little bit, um, making sure that, you know, okay, Taz goes outside to pee. So then I can go outside. I can leave him inside because he's going to bark like a jackass. And, you know, plus there's going to be someone showing up to the house. There's going to be this forced social interaction, which I don't like. Ugh, so I'm like, oh boy. So three o'clock comes. I'm like, all right, they'll be here any minute. And uh, 3.30, four. 4.15, wife comes home, and I'm like, okay, cool, they'll get here after she shows up, which is fine, because she wanted to ask him a couple questions, and I'd already forgotten what they were. Again, this whole scenario is just so typically Darren, from getting aggravated about seeing a dirty wall and being willing to pay probably more money than I should to take care of it, um, to 
stressing out about stupid things like people showing up to the house, having to have a conversation with somebody, um, making sure that my dog has peed beforehand because he might not be able to go outside for a little while after that, to forgetting questions that my wife had wanted me to ask. Um, I mean, this whole thing is just so I mean, this this whole thing basically just sums up my life. Um, so anyway, she's home now at 430, 445, 455. I'm like, they aren't showing up. <sighs> Okay, 5 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock, I hear something outside, FedEx truck, okay. Nope, nothing, nothing, okay, never showed up. I'm like, I'm pissed. And then I go on this rant, I'm like, as a professional company, I know probably 30% of you out there, you know where this is going. At this point now, probably that just jumped up to 70%, know where this is going. Like how, and probably 85, I think I'm selling you short right now. 90%, I think it's pretty much universal. Everybody knows where this is going at this point. So I'm like, how can a company that, you know, is a professional business and they rely on word of mouth, how can they create an appointment and then not follow through on it? And my wife's like, well, if they, if they show up, I mean, do you, do you still want them to come do it? I'm like, no, I don't want to support them if they... You know, I am a guy who, you know, my my business runs on my ability to, um, you know, deliver what I promise. And, you know, they didn't show up. They didn't call. They didn't text. They didn't email. They didn't do anything to let me know that they weren't coming. I'm pissed. And so this morning we had a conversation. She's like, so what if they show up today? And so I was very dismissive. I'm like, well, they're not going to show up today because clearly they, they at least attempt to run things by appointment because somebody needs to be there when they show up. And uh, they're not going to show up randomly without knowing that somebody's there to expect them. She's, she's like okay, I still think if you don't want him to show up, you should probably call or something. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I, I go and I pull up the email to um, figure out who I can reply to, to like do a very passive aggressive kind of response cancellation kind of thing. And I realize it's next Thursday. So <laughs> but um, psh, there's your punchline. So everything about that really sums me up so well, so well. Um, including the uh, missing of an obvious detail. And any of my clients who have ever had to respond back to an email that I've sent, um, <laughs> this is going to make me sound like I'm just an absolute dipshit, disorganized tool bag. But the thing is, I also know how to put safeguards in place um, so that uh, it doesn't become a real problem. Um, but how many of my clients, raise your hand if you're listening here, have had to respond back to me and said, Hey, thanks for the update. You mentioned a new split, but you didn't attach it. Um, did I miss something? <laughs> like, that's very nice of you to say, but no, of course I missed something because I'm the moron in this relationship, not you. So, uh, yeah, no, that, that happens a lot. But then I, I, you know, what I do is I always make sure like, Hey, there's a new split so that if it's not there, they will know to respond back and let me know. And I've, I've gotten to the point now where I try to attach things to the email while I'm actively recording the voice note still. And so, you know, part of the voice note that my clients have to listen to is me like saying, okay, now I'm clicking over here, I'm attaching this, and now I'm going to grab this, I'm attaching this, and okay, I mean, it's like, you know, I, I've learned my weaknesses. Um, I'm very aware of them. So anyway, uh, personal update for me. I'm still sitting around 240. My macros changed a little bit this week. Protein down, carbs up a little bit. Doing a little bit of a quick little um, reset before you know trying to make another big push here in another couple weeks. Um, just you know, let things chill out, recover a little bit. Workouts have been good. Um, I'm ready to get back to it today. I took Tuesday and yesterday 
off. I'm like, what day is it? It's Friday. Yeah. Two day, Tuesday and Thursday off as typical. So, um, it's kind of funny because I do back on Monday, day off, legs on Wednesday, day off, back again on Friday, and then tomorrow I'll hit legs again, and then um, chest and shoulders on Sunday. And I've got uh, Jesse, a client of mine in Chattanooga, who's coming up into town, and we'll hit chest and shoulders on Sunday morning together. So that's the typical routine. Everything's fine. Um, my diet's been great, actually. I haven't really gone off plan. I've had a few opportunities to. My wife said, happy hour yesterday. I'm like, sure. And then um, we talked to each other on the phone around one. She's like, I was kind of kidding. I don't know if I really feel too strongly about that. I'm like, yeah, I'd be fine just sitting at home too. So I just stayed on plan. So <laughs> it's really boring, really boring. I did get um, a, a big boy haircut yesterday for the first time, which was a fascinating experience. This was the first time in my life I've had a haircut that required an appointment. Um, and so the guy who cuts my wife's hair, she's been talking to me like, you need to go see Jason. You need to go see him. Stop going to great clips. Like, but they do fine, and, you know, I'm in and out in 15 minutes. She's like, yeah, and it looks like it. I mean, she's very sweet about it. She doesn't say that, but I I know what she's thinking. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what. It looks fine. Um, and so that, that changed when um, – so we went on that trip to California back in June. We had our convertible, and uh, so she had, she had talked to Jason about this just because he is a talker. Um, and so he had done some things, and so when she was out there – um, and you know, her hair's blowing in the wind, you know, half the day. And she's like, it just falls right back into place. Like, that is weird. I expected it would be all over the place. And so she, she goes back and next time she gets a, a cut from Jason, she tells him that. And he's like, yeah, well, that's not by accident. Like I, I, I cut it that way, knowing that that, that would help. And she told me that and it just blew my mind. I'm like, wait a second. That's something that you can do. Like, she's like, he's kind of a hair wizard. He really knows his stuff. And so I'm like, all right, fine. So I acquiesce, I go in. And so we talk for a little bit. He's like, what do you do? You know, okay, so what are you looking for? I'm like, I don't know. My head gets really hot, so I'd like it to be cool. I need it to be pretty effortless. Um, He's like, okay, so you want it to, you know, look like you just got up, but it's styled. And I said, yes, as opposed to, looking like I just got up because I just got up. (laughs) There's a difference between those two things. And so he's like, all right, cool. And so he feels around my head. He's like, I'm just checking out your hair patterns right here and seeing how things are going. And so he's like, okay, he talks about, you know, how blood gets to your head and how that affects hair growth rates around your neck and the sides of your head. And then he's talking about convergence of blood vessel hot spots towards the crown of your head. And then he's talking about the biochemistry of how hair is made and how the body excretes hair as a liquid, actually. And he's going into all this. I'm like, I did not know that these were things that were knowable. Like, I didn't know that this was knowledge that that people could learn. What? Okay, I mean, it just totally blew my mind. And so I walked out of there. I'm like, okay, yeah. So he took like the sides in really close without you being able to see any skin under the hair. And there's like no clipper marks because he didn't use clippers. Um, Everything's a lot thinner overall, which is great because his hair is just a big bushy mop usually. it It was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So... There you go, 42, and had my first big boy haircut just yesterday. So, whew, enough about me. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about you and what you've got to say. 
Hi Darren, Steve here from Belgium. I have a quick question for you today regarding saunas, most specifically post-workout. Hit me up. Um, so yeah, my gym has a really nice sauna, uh, but I've never actually went into it. Just, you know, always figured in a hurry. It's too just hot. Just shower and get out of there. But then the last few days, I've actually taken some time, taken 15 minutes, just sit in the sauna, get my sweat on, uh, and it was really enjoyable. Uh, but I have no idea if it's supposed to be good or bad for your post-workout recovery. Um, so yeah, I was really just wondering about your opinion on saunas or any kind of heat therapy, I guess, uh, immediately after your workout, um, what you think about the saunas in, in general and how it can benefit or be a detriment to uh, your workouts and to your training. So thank you and um, hear you soon. Sweet. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. So um that's a, it's a great question. Uh, I have not had access to a sauna at a gym in a while because the gym that I go to now, I've, I've dropped my gym memberships down from three that I had a couple years back down to just one. There's only one place that I go to. They're not even a chain. It's just a single location. It's very bare bones. Um, they don't have a pool. They don't have a sauna. They don't have, you know, they have, if I'm being honest, um, pretty Spartan locker rooms. <laughs> like the the one urinal is almost always out of order. Um, they have two stalls, two showers that leak all over the place. I make it sound like a dump. It's not that. It's just you know they they don't have people that really really go and clean stuff up, and their their maintenance is a little slow. But it's a good gym. It's overall all a good place. Um, so. Last time I had access to a sauna was when I was a member at Gold's. And I tell you what, um, so first of all, there's nothing bad about it. Absolutely nothing bad at all. Heat therapy like that can only be a good thing. There's a question of how good and how productive it is. Some people swear by it. Uh, other people like me, I mean, you know, uh, I, I do okay without it. And I'm thinking right now, like, man, it actually might be kind of useful to go sit in there. Just because more than anything else... I find it relaxing and I find it good for my respiration just to breathe in the heat like that. Um, I, I always feel, um, especially as it gets colder, like right now it does not seem appealing at all. Like sauna, yeah, I'll just go outside and sit on my patio for five minutes. How about that? That's good. Um, but it, it can only be good. Um, how therapeutic is it is of some debate. I, I don't think that there's any argument that says that um, heat, heat therapy can be counterproductive at all. Um, it, it's only going to help a muscle move better. Um, now I, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on using it for recovery. Like post-workout is not when I would go in there when I went in there before. And what I would recommend is pre-workout actually, um, go in there and you know, just, uh, you could sit or you could move around and do some light stretching in there. Whenever I did that, I found that I always, uh, this is going to sound very obvious. I always moved better. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the one thing that you need to do as part of a workout is you always need to do a warm up. And so why not literally warm up? Um, a lot of people will do cardio pre-workout as a warm up as an idea, as a way to, you know, get the heart rate up, but also just raise the body temperature a little bit. I find that to be a secondary, uh, uh, of secondary usefulness when it comes to warming up much more important is to get the joints moving and not necessarily increase their temperature, but just get them moving. But if you do that while increasing your temperature, like if you can do a little bit of a dynamic shoulder warm up in a sauna, great. Just watch your arms. If there's other people in there, don't bash people in the face, but um, that could be a really effective way to do it. I would absolutely do it pre-workout instead of post-workout. Um, where I start to have a problem with the sauna 
is when people will go in there and sit in there, um, especially like in a sweatsuit or something like that, for 30 minutes just trying to get rid of as much water as they possibly can because, oh man, I'm not lean enough. I'm clearly retaining water, which is never the case. Whenever somebody says, I'm retaining water, that is code for, I'm retaining fat, but I just don't know it, and I'm in denial about it. So uh, if you if you are retaining water, you, you will, well, I want to say you will know it, but clearly that's not the case. If you're retaining water, I will know it. <laughs> um, but if you find yourself in a state of chronic water retention, um, Asana ain't going to fix that. Um, because here's the thing, you can go and you can shed eight pounds of water by spending 45 minutes in a sauna. And then as soon as you drink, you're going to gain it all back. What is making you retain water? Because you can lose it. And if you don't fix what is making you retain it, then you're going to just put it right back on as soon as you take in more fluids. So uh, it becomes a zero sum game that is just nothing but a waste of time at that point. So um, when people talk about going into the sauna post-workout, more often than not, it's, uh, they, it's because, and they will typically admit to this readily, it's because they are trying to uh, manipulate their body's water retention system. And you know, the thing is, unless you're really, really smart about it, you aren't as smart as your body, and you're not going to be able to outthink it in that regard. So, But as a... Um, as a, a warm-up or like a cool-down or just a relaxation tactic, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. No complaints. I fully support that, and I actually think it's a smart, smart move. Hey, Darren. Zach from Pittsburgh again. Um, got a question today for you about soreness. Um, I know you've covered soreness in a, in a previous podcast. Not sure what number it was. Um, but I think by now we all know that muscle grows based on the, based on the stress that you put it under. Um, that it's not used to. So my question is this. Would it be a bad idea to have a, have a workout and then a, the next day or the day after um, do another do another workout? Now, I'm not saying you hit legs hard on Monday, you can't walk on Tuesday and hit 500 pounds with leg presses. I'm not saying that. I'm just taking like a, a light workout um, just to kind of stress the body to um, – your face was cutting, busting down more tissue to rebuild. Um, just looking for different things to kind of uh, keep the stimulus going and um, keep shocking the body the best best ways that I can to for growth. So just let me know what you think. Um, if not that way, maybe some other ideas to um, that might work as well. I appreciate it as always, and have a good one. Sweet. Thanks, Zach. So um, I'm going to paraphrase your question here. Is it a bad idea to hit the same muscle group two two days in a row? Yes, it is. (laughs) Unless um, your first workout was just so shitty that you want a redo on it. And I've done that before sometimes. Um, Even then, you know, you can have a shitty workout and still it could do something. So I'd still probably give it a day. Um, But uh, what you don't want to do is go in and hit something hard and then come back the next day for a light workout because that muscle group, it, I mean, it's realistically, it's, it's in shock already if you did your job right. Um, and it needs recovery time. And to go and hit it with another light workout, um, the, the problem there with that is uh, a light workout isn't really going to do much, especially not after you just gave it the works the day before. So um, now I, I am fine with hitting a muscle group twice in a week with different approaches. Um, like if uh, my, my current split is um, one, one such thing where I've got back, I mentioned um, today, but I also had it on Monday. 
Um, the Monday workout is a little bit more of a lighter weight, slower tempo, focus on contraction pump style workout, where today's is going to be just a little bit heavier overall. It's got a, a, some moves that are just a little bit more brute force oriented. So going for like some heavy three-point rows, that kind of stuff. So, um, But I've had three days off in between as well, um, or, or three days between. Uh, and of those three days, two of them were actually rest days. So uh, it makes a lot of sense there. What I wouldn't do, and I know there's temptation to do this, is you know you really want to hammer something. Well, I'm just going to just blast the hell out of it with frequency. I think you can, you can hit something you know maybe three days a week, um, but... You, you want to mix up your volume a little bit and still throw in some rest. I would not hit anything on back-to-back days um, just because uh, the, the key part of growth that a lot of people sell short is rest and recovery. Uh, and if you hit something to the point where it's like, whoo, yeah, buddy, you know, you feel like you really left a mark, you did some work, and then you go back and hit it the next day, um, you're going to get way more out of it by not doing that, by letting it recover. Um, and so you've got to kind of go against your instinct and the, this common bodybuilder instinct of more is more. And in, in some cases, yeah, especially, you know, I work with a lot of um, people who are relatively new and the concept of, you know, high volume training is something new to them or lifting more than two to three days a week is new to them. And I'm like, more is more. Um, but then once you get somebody who's firmly in that mindset, you've got to then change the rules a little bit and say, OK, well, more is more. But now now that you're doing more now, maybe less is more. Um, so get, give yourself an opportunity to recover because that is when it happens. That, that is when the magic happens. All of your gains happen outside of the gym. So if you're hitting a muscle group, um, consistently throughout the week, um, specifically, uh, yeah, I'll say you can hit it consistently throughout the week, but the consecutive days thing is more of a concern. Um, where I thought you were going to go with that question is, um, you know, can a workout be effective, uh, if you don't feel soreness the next day? And the answer there is absolutely yes. Although, if you're hitting your mark, more often than not, you're going to feel it the next day um, or two days later. And it may not be debilitating, but you will feel it. It doesn't have to be debilitating necessarily, but you don't have to be sore at all for it to work. Um, and this is um, different for everybody. And some people are just less um, aware of soreness in certain parts of their body. Like, I don't doubt that my shoulders get sore, but I never feel it there. Um, but yet they grow they're a strong point on my physique. They're, they're not lagging behind or anything like that. So I don't get any perceived soreness in them, but nonetheless, they, they continue to, to work and respond. Um, versus legs, um, they are sore all the time. Um, they're sore right now sitting here. Granted, I did legs the day before yesterday, and I did a lot of adduction. So, of course, my adductors are sore because... Uh, any guy who trains adductors, um, you have that soreness that will follow for about five days afterwards. Like you've never trained them before in your life. I don't know what that is. It's a pain in the ass though. Um, but, uh, you know, they're sore all the time, but yet they're the part of my body that lags behind more than anything else. Um, I train them hard. I train them frequently twice a week. It's just, they don't respond quite the same way. So soreness there, not an indicator, just like it's not with shoulders either. So, um, Good question, though. Uh, I like that. And uh, again, high frequency training, not necessarily the devil, but um, I was alluding to, you know, you could train something three times a week, but you're not going to do like three full volume sessions typically, uh, like one full volume session and then some supplemental accessory feeder type work would be, would be good. I just have I have a, uh, 
a client uh, who uh, I just talked with him about that yesterday. We want to work on chest a little bit more. So we've got our one chest day and then we're going to throw in some feeder work for chest on two additional days. So that that's very common. There's nothing wrong with that at all, but you're also not throwing three full days worth of volume at a single muscle group. You can do that, but that's a short-term solution. What I want for him is a little bit more of a long-term solution where we can do this for a while um, so that basically as soon as chest has had a chance to recover, we're hitting it with a little something else. Um, and it's low volume. We're doing rest pause work. So what we're going to try and do is get in, you know, three to four warm-up sets, one working set that's just max effort, and then we're going to move on. So that'll be like do that for chest, and then we move on to, you know, the back workout of the day or whatever. So it's a little additional volume, but not a whole lot extra for that one muscle group, if that makes sense. So um, good questions, good questions. So once again, that number, 865 518 2974. Call in with questions. I'd love to hear whatever you've got. Um, let's see. I think that's all I had. So it's time to time to transition into TV land right now. So spoiler alerts are coming. Um, <laughs> man. So we, we've been going through a few shows lately, and I have a tough time even remembering what we've been watching. Like, we, we've started a few things that we haven't finished. Um, the... Um, what was it on Netflix? The assassination of Gianni Versace, which was one of those FX American crime story series, um, like the people versus OJ Simpson. They did that previously. Um, we started the Versace thing and got like three or four episodes into it. I'm like, yeah, no, this just doesn't interest me. It, it seemed like it was well done, but the narrative, I think I mentioned before, is just the way they're going back and forth between time periods. I, I lost interest and we haven't gone back to that and I probably won't. Um, uh, what else? We finished up Handmaid's Tale. Season 3 concluded. No spoilers on that. Um, I, I did enjoy that. Uh, what else recently? I should have come up with a list. We've been kind of going around and trying like an episode of this or and we started in on half an episode of this and if it doesn't grab us then we're not going to we're just not going to do it. We did start um, Peaky Blinders last night which is a BBC series. Um, turn of the century um, based in Birmingham, England. Um which looks, I just watching it, I'm like, this show looks amazing. Um, like it is so, the, the production design on it is just so phenomenal and over the top. It's like, this is incredible. Like this looks so very real and very lived in. It is shocking. We're only one episode in, but I'm like, all right, cool. I'm in for that. And the, uh, you know, there's four seasons currently on Netflix and there's only six episodes per season. So we'll go through that pretty quick. Um, so what did we watch? What, what did we watch that set me off? Um, I saw a trailer for this on Amazon and saw, uh, watch that. I'm like, this looks interesting. And my wife's like, meh, whatever. You can watch that and I'll just play a game on my phone. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. Um, Absentia, uh, which is a prime original series. So the premise now, Spoiler alerts will follow. I'm not going to give the whole thing away, but I'm going to talk about some stuff here. You've been warned. If you have intentions of watching this, let me first say, don't. And then let's cut to it. <clears throat> so the premise here is there is an FBI agent who is tracking a serial killer. And she is killed by the serial killer. This all happens before the show starts. So you come in and you see like, you know, flashbacks from her life. And, you know, this is in like the first two minutes of the pilot. 
Um, and then you see, okay, the husband is remarried. It's six years later. And he gets a call from the serial killer who killed his wife uh, from jail saying, she's still alive. You probably have an hour to get to her before she dies, and here's where you go. And he goes there, and sure enough, there she is. And she's in this water tank, and they get her out, and, you know, so it's like, okay. So she was gone. She'd been abducted for six years and is now, now the, I'm thinking the rest of the show is about her reacclimating back into society. Uh, her husband, who is remarried, and the kid that they have together, um, the, the the first wife, the one who went missing, it's it's her son, but her son doesn't remember her. All he remembers is his new mom, and so there's this conflict here. I'm like, this is interesting. Okay, well, the kid was so poorly cast that it kind of ruined that. I mean, it, his performance was lame. Also, he is old enough that I did not buy that he did not remember his, his actual mom. Um, I thought that was really weak and contrived. Um, and also, it became, the, the show then, because... TV being what it is, it can't just be a compelling psychological drama, but no, it has to be a thriller about, you know, her getting to the bottom of who abducted her and, you know, this, that, and there's all this misdirection here and there. And basically my, my biggest problem with the show is it presents her as the luckiest human being alive because she probably should have been killed many times over. Um, as you know, it becomes clear like, oh, okay, she abducted herself, didn't she? And she's actually killed all these people. And now she's killing more people in her search um, as she's gone rogue to find the real killer, which the, the way that they present that twist, spoiler alert, she didn't kill all those people. Um, she did not abduct herself. Um, the way in which they present how the husband turns on her was so totally unbelievable. Like she does one thing is like, Oh yeah, I guess she is guilty. She did make this all up. <gasps> what? And I just didn't believe that at all. But my, my logical leaps on this show were possibly more trivial, but I think, um, <laughs> this is once again, I'm exposing more about myself here, but I'm okay about that. So, um, First of all, the twist at the end, which I won't spoil, was so unearned and overwhelming. So, like, who actually killed her? Well, it's this character that you'd seen, like, twice before and had no reason to suspect anything from them. They were not an interesting character. It didn't seem like they had any relevance at all. Um, and so when it turned out who the captor slash killer was, it was like, who gives a shit? Ugh. It just fell flat completely. It was dumb. It was so dumb. Um, it, it was borderline tragic how stupid and wasted of an opportunity it was. I was hoping it was going to come around where, like, you know, she exonerates herself and then it turns out, no, it actually was her. I mean, that would have been much more cool. There's so many different ways that they could have done that, especially since there's a season two. I would love the thought that she masterminded this whole thing and got away with it. And then in season two reintegrates back with her family, but has this compulsion where she needs to continue whatever it was she was doing before. Like she's just a true psychopath. Like that would be cool. But instead, no, we get this instead. So what is season two? I have no idea. I'm not, I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. I can only hate watch so much. There were three things, three particular events where I actually had to pause the TV and, and, turned to my wife who wasn't really paying that much attention and just say, did you see that? Did, did you, and then make her rewatch it and be like, hold on, look at this. So 
we'll, we'll take them chronologically here if I can remember the sequence. So the first one was, uh, so there's this, uh, she, she's an FBI agent or former FBI agent in Boston. And uh, the, the, who was it? The deputy director of, or the director of the Boston field office or whatever. He's a character here. You might recognize him from Game of Thrones. He had a small role in that. Um, he uh, is one of, the, one of the people who is kind of early on uh, antagonizing her and telling her husband, like, don't you think that it's likely with the evidence that we've seen that she did this? Um, and so she wants to um, capture this guy and kidnap him basically just to get information out of him. Like, what do you know? Here is what I know. I need you to tell me what you know about this. Uh, and that that's all it was. So what does she do? Well, he is at the driving range. And so she gets into his car with the intention of, okay, in the back seat, I'm going to hold a gun to your head and you're going to drive somewhere um, isolated and then I'm going to take you out, um, get out of the car, I'm going to tie you up and then I'm going to question you. Like, okay, that's cool. So she's in the back seat of his car. It's an SUV. Think like a Suburban kind of thing. He opens the front door takes his golf clubs and brings them in across the vehicle, across the center console, and puts them in the passenger seat of the car. No human being on planet fucking Earth has ever done that unless the script told them to because if they walked around to the passenger side or if they opened up the back of the vehicle, they would see that there's somebody in the back seat. That's the only reason he didn't do that. And I had to pause the TV. I'm like, wait, did he just put his golf clubs in the passenger front seat of the car from the driver's side? Nobody has ever done. And I'm like, that is a script move. And I hate script moves where the only reason a character says or does something is because the script tells them to. Because if they didn't, then it would create a potential plot hole. That is lazy. That is lazy, lazy, lazy writing. So dumb. I was so pissed at that. I know you're like, Darren, really? God, that's what you get upset about? Yes, I really do. I really do. Second, so she sneaks into, again, um, another vehicle. This one is a uh, an 18-wheeler. She sneaks into the cab of an 18-wheeler. She spends a lot of time in the back of trucks. Um, like there's a couple of, uh, times where she's in the back of a trailer actually like sneaking around. And so here, um, you know, she, she's on the run. She's in wet clothes cause she just waded through a river escaping police. And, um, so she sneaks into the back of a truck just to, um, well, actually, um, she, she wanders into a truck stop and she notices like, oh crap, the cops have just pulled up here looking for somebody. Um, and so she sneaks into this truck just to hide out. And uh, while she's in there and waiting for the police to go away, the truck driver comes in. And so you see it from her perspective. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. Okay. Uh, where she can like see his hand. She can see the back of his head. And that's about it. She's like behind, behind a curtain. Um, and then um, the truck drives for a little bit. And you're like, where is this going? Okay. Interesting. Um, and then the truck stops. The door opens and the guy gets out. Like, okay, is she going to make a break for it? And then immediately, almost immediately, the guy comes back with a shotgun pointed at her. Like he knew that she was back there the whole time. And it's this very threatening thing. Like, okay, this is cool. And then the whole situation, uh, takes a turn for the worse and turns into like SNL skit land. When, uh, he's like, are you the woman that they were looking for back there? And she's kind of like, yeah, she's like, well, any enemy of the law is a friend of mine. How can I help you? I'm like, are you 
fucking kidding me? That was the weakest turn of phrase and the dumbest line of dialogue and the weakest character move I think I've ever seen. Just like, well, I don't know who this person is, but if you're running from the cops, then you must be on my side. Like, are you kidding me? It just defied all logic. It was so unbelievably stupid. And it's not even the worst thing on this list. The worst thing. Well, I don't know. The golf club thing is pretty bad. But the worst thing. So she's chasing down leads. She finds this guy. And this guy has. And she, she's still posing as an FBI agent at this point. And so she, she's able to earn this guy's trust. Talking to him in a public place. And uh, looking for some information. He's like, well, you know, the, the information you're looking for, you know, I've. I, I've got that stuff. It's in a storage unit. It's been there for years, um, but you're welcome to go look. Gives her the key. She goes into the storage unit. And um, first of all, the storage unit does not have any light in it. Um, so she's got her flashlight and she's in there for a good long while. So I'm thinking like that is one hell of a battery that she's got in that flashlight, apparently. Um, Cause the, the, the entire scene and she's like pouring over these audio tapes, um, which is the, the real source of the problem here. So there's all these audio tapes and they've been in this storage unit for 10 to 15 years. Um, and so she finds them and she's like, well, I need to start listening through these audio tapes. So, huh? Oh, look, there is a cassette player right here randomly. Uh, and I was like, huh, I'm not sure that just because there's audio tapes, I would necessarily think there's going to be a cassette player with them, but okay, I can buy that. But then she takes tape and puts it into the cassette player and hits play and it starts playing. What kind of magical cassette player is going to be operating on 15-year-old batteries that's been sitting in a storage unit for that entire time. What the hell? Really, this is the stuff that absolutely infuriates me and drives me nuts. They're, they're, that is weak. Like, And the, the scene ended with, okay, she is then abducted from the storage unit and captured by guys who who saw her and want to take her in for a reward. So I'm like, okay, well, she had to be in there. Uh, she had to listen into the tapes because that's where she got abducted from, I guess. But why couldn't she just take the tapes back somewhere else and the guys follow her back there and kidnap her from there? That would be a little bit more believable um, because I also don't necessarily think that she would um, think it practical to pour over all of these tapes when there were like probably a hundred or more of them and who knows how long they all are. Be like, okay, well, I'm just going to pluck one at random here and listen to it and hope it's the right thing. And, you know, how many tapes is she going to listen to before she realizes, oh, I just need to take this stuff back. I think she just would have taken it back somewhere else immediately. And plus, there's not going to be a listening device that has working batteries in it after 15 years. Oh, God. So at that point, yes, it just became hate watching. Um, Oh, man, it just drives me nuts. So all that to say, um, I need some suggestions. I think you've heard enough from me. You kind of know what my tastes are. Um, I need some suggestions, something a little off the beaten path maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I need some help. I need your help. So let me know what you got on that front. Shoot in your uh, emails, Darren at 5starfitness.com. Hit me up on Instagram at Darren underscore star. Um, Facebook, uh, I'm much I, – I, I honestly, I – don't even check Facebook messages because I get them very infrequently. So I should probably go and check right now. In fact, here, anybody want to join me here? We're going to go check my Facebook messages really quick, see if I've been missing anything here. Uh, it's kind of scary. I hope not. Um, what is it? Something about using Facebook on a desktop computer is getting slower and slower and slower these days. It's just their, uh, it's like their, their interface is getting more and more weighed down and uh, less efficient. It's uh, a little crazy. Um, Okay, that is, well, we can't because my computer is not responding anymore. 
Um, oh, here it is. Okay. Um, oh, it says I have five messages, but Facebook always lies about this stuff as well. Like it, it, has, it does a poor job of tracking what I've read and what I haven't. So uh, let's click on over to the inbox here and see what we got. Oh, oh yeah, I got a few. Shoot. Ha. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, I need to get on the up and up there. I'm uh I'm missing out. Damn. All right. So yeah, I guess uh you can contact me through Facebook as well now that I'm I'm catching up a little bit. That's facebook.com slash five star physique. Oops. So um a quick shout out here to uh Monica and Nicole. I'll get back to you shortly if you're happy to be listening here. Thank you. I'm a little little slow to the party here. Oops. So uh, that's all I got. So um, go vote in the poll, thedropset.com. Tell me your thoughts on the wellness division. Call in. Elaborate on those thoughts. Leave another question. Whatever. 865-518-2974. Hit me up on social media. Give me your TV recommendations. I need something. I really do. Um, I hope everybody has a great weekend. I'll catch up with you on Monday.